0: Welcome to Revival from the Bible, a daily devotional podcast designed to help more people get into God's Word and get more out of the Word. I'm Ben Blakey. It's Thursday, April 8th, 2021. Blessed assurance Jesus is mine. Oh, what a foretaste of glory divine. Uh, These are the the opening lyrics of one of my favorite hymns, a hymn hymn we sing often at Compass Bible Church, Treasure Valley, uh, with that title, Blessed Assurance. And it describes that state of having assurance of your salvation, having assurance of just your relationship with God, having assurance of uh, hope in heaven, and, and all these things. It is a wonderful thing, and it feels like a foretaste of heaven itself. Well, how do we get that blessed assurance? How can we be confident in our salvation? Well, we're going to see a passage today that I think is one of the best passages in all of scripture that should give us a confidence and an assurance in our relationship with Christ. And that is Romans chapter five, verses one through 11. It starts off saying, Therefore, since we have been justified by faith, we have peace with God through our Lord Jesus Christ. Through him, we also have obtained access by faith into this grace in which we stand, and we rejoice in the hope. Of the glory of God. That describes that blessed assurance, knowing I've been justified, knowing I have peace with God, uh, standing in grace and rejoicing in the hope of the glory of God. And one thing that we have to realize up front is that assurance is really first and gonna foremost going to come from an understanding of the gospel, right? Do our own works have some role to play in our assurance? Yes, and we'll talk about that a little bit later, but that should never really be the first place that we should look. I mean, because when you die and you stand before the Lord, are you going to say, hey, look at all my works, or is it going to be Jesus died on the cross for my sins and rose again, right? That is what our trust is in, and so that is where we should first look for assurance. Now, obviously, if we're saying one thing and then living something totally different, yeah, that's that's a problem. But that's not really what I want to focus on because that's not what this passage is focusing on. It's really reminding us that we know we have peace with God. And the peace that it's talking about here isn't really the subjective peace that we often think of, like a peaceful feeling or calm. No, it's talking more about an objective Peace that we are no longer at war with God. We are no longer enemies with God. We are now having peace with him because we've been justified by faith through what Jesus Christ has done. And then it describes kind of our current status. It says, "...through him we have also obtained access by faith into this grace in which we stand." If you are a believer, you stand in the grace of God and you didn't earn that standing with your works, you earned it by faith. And so you can't lose that standing with your works, it's by faith. And we rejoice in hope of the glory of God. So if your faith is in Jesus Christ, you can remind yourself, I have peace with God. I stand in his grace. I have access to the throne of grace and my future is glory and I can rejoice in that. And that assurance is important because life is often hard, but that assurance can turn the hard things in life into good things. And that's what we see next in verse three. Not only that, but we rejoice in our sufferings, knowing that suffering produces endurance and endurance produces character and character produces hope. And hope does not put us to shame, but because God's love has been poured out into our hearts through the Holy Spirit who has been given to us. So even in our suffering. We can rejoice because we know suffering is going to produce endurance and endurance produces character and character produces hope, right? And this is all confirmed because of the Holy Spirit. Assurance is a necessary ingredient in the Christian life to to really live a faithful and fruitful Christian life. We want to be assured of our salvation. I often say that as I think through my church, I want everyone that comes to my church to be actually saved and to know that they are saved. That, that's, that's my desire, right? And I do think there's a lot of confusion about the gospel out there, and we, we talk about this. Like I said earlier, theres it's easy in our society to say, oh, I believe in Jesus, or I'm a Christian. But lots of people, they, they say that with their, with their mouth, but clearly with their lives, they are denying it. And this isn't a matter of, are, are you good enough? No, that's never how we're supposed to think about it. It's like First John says, there's a, the claim of one thing, but the, the lifestyle is going in the total opposite direction. And that's obviously something we need to watch out for in our culture. But I know there's also a lot of people that their, their faith is in Jesus, and sometimes it can be a struggle to know, man, am I really saved? And that's where I, again, would encourage you, the first place we should look is to the gospel. If the first place we're looking for our assurance is just to uh, our our actions or our works, that that might show even a bigger un- misunderstanding about what the gospel is all about. The gospel is about what Jesus Christ has done for us. And that's where we want to look to first and foremost. And that's ultimately where he gets to here as we continue in Romans 5. In verse 6, he says, for while we were still weak, at the right time, Christ died for the ungodly. For one will scarcely die for a righteous person, though perhaps for a good person, one would dare even to die. But God shows his love for us in that while we were still sinners, Christ died for us. Wow. Our assurance begins knowing that it was when I was a sinner that Christ died for me. It wasn't based on something that he saw in me or good that he saw in me. No, I was a sinner. Christ died for me. And then I love verse 10 for if while we were enemies, we were reconciled by the death of his son, much more now that we are reconciled, we shall be saved by his life. If you're a believer, I mean, if, if Jesus died for you when you were a sinner, now that you are a believer, I mean, how much more will you experience just the joy of salvation and that fullness of life? So I I want you to have blessed assurance And ultimately, that's going to come from having a good understanding of the gospel. Obviously, that involves us understanding that we are sinners that need a savior. That's a big part of what he's been saying in the book of Romans. But then it comes from knowing my hope is built, as another song says, on nothing less than Jesus' blood and righteousness. That is where I'm trusting in. That is the grace that I'm standing on. That is the promise that I am claiming by faith. And that should give me confidence because I know who this God is. I know what the gospel is. I know what his promises are. And therefore, I can rejoice. And that's where it ends in verse 11. More than that, we also rejoice in God through our Lord Jesus Christ, through whom we have now received reconciliation, right? Our assurance must come ultimately from knowing the gospel and knowing what Jesus has done for us because that is what our hope is in. And so I hope that encourages you today, and I hope you can live today, even if you're experiencing suffering, with that joy that comes from a trust and an assurance, a blessed assurance in God. And we want that assurance. We want a confidence in God as we seek to live uh, the life in this world. And that turns us now to Psalm 44. Now, Psalm 44 is a very interesting psalm. Uh, We're really going to read a section today, and then it's going to take, in what we read tomorrow, a pretty drastic turn is what it's going to kind of feel like. But I want you to notice how it starts, because even though he's going to get Oh, a little spoiler alert here. He's going to get clearly to a place where he is, he is grieving. Uh, he is struggling. He's even struggling to see what God is doing, right? But look at how he starts. He still starts, though, with this tone of confidence and even assurance. As he talks about in verse one, Oh God, we have heard with our ears. Our fathers have told us what deeds you performed in their days, in the days of old. You with your own hand drove out the nations, but them you planted, you afflicted the peoples, but them you sent free, right? He's reflecting on biblical history and he gets to his confidence in God in verse six for not in my bow, do I trust, nor can my sword save me, but you have saved us from our foes and have put to shame those who hate us in God. We have boasted continually and we will give thanks to your name forever right? That's where he is starting this prayer. And hopefully that's where even when we're discouraged, we're starting with the thoughts of those things. And I love how he reflects on the God that he has heard about from his father's. And it's important for us to remember, even as we look at all this biblical history, we are praying to the same God, and that should give us confidence with the same God that parted the Red Sea. That's the God we're talking to, the same God that we read about working in mighty ways in the book of Acts. Uh, the same God that's worked throughout history, whether you're looking at the Reformation or the Great Awakening or other times of revival in this world, that's the God that we're talking to. And we should remember that when we're coming to him. And that'll help us even just with our assurance and our confidence, even when we bring uh, difficult prayers to God. Uh, next, we want to go to Deuteronomy 28. Now, this is a pretty intense chapter, even some of the things it gets to toward the end. I mean, this is one of those kind of reader discretion advised uh, situations as it talks about some pretty intense things. But really the, the chapter falls under two headings, right? It starts with blessings for obedience, and then it goes into curses for disobedience. And that's where some of these curses, we see the intensity of God's displeasure for sin. Now, as we look at this passage, we do have to realize this is some specific instruction given to a specific nation, right? And so I don't think we are looking at this and saying, whoa, if I disobey God, somehow these exact curses are going to come upon me, right? But what I do want us to see from this is how God feels about sin, right? And especially you can tell, I think there's some extra uh, judgment that come out in in his wrath, in these curses, right? Because of who he's talking to, the special nation of Israel and all that he had seen them do, right? I think the standard was a bit higher for them than for other nations that had not known God in the way that Israel had known them. So I do think we should be sobered in how we think about sin and to not view it lightly, right? But this should bring us back to rejoicing in our justification, knowing that our sin can be forgiven through Jesus Christ. And so even though there might not be a direct connection between the, the blessings for obedience and the curses for disobedience with, with all the particulars that are mentioned here, I do want us to still realize that obedience is a good thing and disobedience is a bad thing, right? That might sound pretty simple and not like rocket science, but we need to realize there's a lot of truth to that we need to acknowledge on a daily basis in our lives. We're justified by faith, and every time we obey, we're not, you know, scoring more points with God and and doing all these different things as if we're earning something. But He is our Father, and He blesses obedience. Right. And it doesn't always mean, you know, material blessing like he kind of promises here, but doing the right thing, God loves that. That pleases him. And disobeying displeases him. And even as we do connect it to assurance, I mean, disobedience is not going to have a healthy effect on your assurance. It's going to help us when we are walking in step with the spirit. And on top of that, and really, The basis for that walking in step with the Spirit is a trust in the justifying work of Jesus Christ. So let's not throw this chapter out. Let's realize I want to obey and I want the good things that are going to come from knowing that I am walking with God as he has called me to. And I don't want any part of the curses for disobedience. Well, finally, we look at Matthew chapter 27, verses one through 14, Matthew 27, one through 14. And here we see Jesus delivered to Pilate and we see the beginning of the trial. But in the middle of that, we see Judas hang himself. And even just as we think about what we've seen in the book of Romans, right? We see, uh, we're going to see two men die in Matthew 27. And the first one here is Judas, right? And it seems that Judas was racked with guilt for his sin. It seems that as he betrayed Jesus, he didn't just get away with that and go enjoy the money that he got. No, he was destroyed with guilt. And he ends up committing suicide here. And as we see these two men that are going to die in Matthew 27, I think it really presents us with a stark choice for our own sin. Somebody is going to die for our sin. And ultimately it's either going to be us or it was Jesus Christ. And that's the good news of the gospel, that even though we all have sin, that there is hope, that we don't need to die for our sin, that that is why Jesus died on the cross. So he could take the punishment that you and I deserve. And so I want to just invite you and really challenge you, have you put your sin on Jesus Christ through faith, right? Have you looked to him and brought your sin to the cross to confess it, to forsake it and to trust that your sin has been punished through Jesus Christ on the cross? Have you believed that? And if you have, are you now walking with assurance knowing that your salvation wasn't earned by your works, but that it was paid for by Jesus Christ on the cross and that's the basis for the grace in which you now stand and the blessed assurance that you can rejoice in thanks for digging into god's word with me today on revival from the bible for more resources check out revival from the to learn more about compass bible church treasure valley go to compass bible.tv the grace of our lord jesus christ be with you